tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Discretionary spending is to be further cut by an additional 10%. The Ministry of Finance is currently meeting with MDAs to review their spending plans for the rest of the three quarters to achieve the discretionary expenditure cuts. Two, these times call for very efficient use of energy resources. In line with this, there will be a 50% cut in fuel coupon allocations for all political appointees and heads of government institutions including SOEs, effective 1st February 2022. With immediate effect, government has imposed a complete moratorium on the purchase of imported vehicles for the rest of the year. This will affect all new orders, especially four-wheel drives. We will ensure that the overall effect is to reduce total vehicle purchases by the public sector by at least 50% for the period. Again, with immediate effect, government has imposed a moratorium on all foreign travels except pre-approved critical statutory travels. Five, government will conclude on ongoing measures to eliminate ghost workers from the government payroll by end December 2022. Government will conclude the renegotiations of the energy sector IPP's capacity charges by end of quarter three 2022 to further reduce SS capacity payments by 20% to generate a total savings of 1.5 billion Ghana cities. We will impose a moratorium on establishment of new public sector institutions by end of April 2022. Prioritize ongoing public projects over new projects. This is to enhance the efficient use of limited public funds over the period by finishing ongoing or stalled but approved projects. Reduce expenditure on all meetings and conferences by 50% effective immediately. Pursue a comprehensive reprofiling strategies to reduce the interest expense burden on the fiscal and liaise with organized labor and employers association to implement with immediate effect the measures ca captured in the Quail Declaration of the 2022 
National Labour Conference. Down expenditures alone will not be enough. Our focus is therefore twofold, to control expenditure and to raise more revenue domestically. As such, we will therefore begin the implementation and collection of the revised property rate by end of April 2022. We'll implement the EVAT, e-commerce, and e-gaming initiatives by end of April 2022. We'll roll out a simplified tax filing mobile application for all eligible taxpayers by July 2022. We'll impress upon Parliament to fast track the passage of the E-Level Bill, Tax Exemptions Bill, and Fees and Charges Bill. Prioritize the Revenue Assurance Compliance and Enforcement Program, the RACE Program, to plug revenue leakages, especially at the ports, the infamous fuel bankering cartels, and small-scale mining exporters cabal. Government will partner the private sector to also introduce digital systems to monitor quarrying, sand winning, and salt winning to get more revenue from our natural resources. And immediately enforce the no duty, no exit policy at the MPS terminal at the Tema port to improve revenue collection. Ladies and gentlemen, Government of Ghana is to conclude external financing arrangement of up to $2 billion in the next two to six weeks in line of approved external financing for 2022 and for liability management and to manage the slide of the city. MOF, Minister of Finance, will also work with the central bank to review the foreign exchange retention policy in line of approved external financing for 2022 and for liability management. Additionally, the following measures will be implemented over the medium term. Win of public tertiary institutions from government payroll and provide them with a fixed amount block grant instead. Pursue reforms to address structural challenges in public financial management, including procurement and commitment control, payroll management, and human resource management. Rising prices of fuel at the pumps is influenced largely by the rising crude oil price on the international market and the exchange rate depreciation. Though the rising crude oil prices should have been to our benefit on net basis, Ghana's import of petroleum products amounts to 5.2 times the value of proceeds from its crude oil exports. In 2021, for example, we exported $3.947 billion of crude, of which Ghana's portion was $513 million. However, we imported $2 billion $719 of crude and finished products. So the purported windfall gain in foreign exchange is quite a mirage. From January to date, the average export price of diesel and petrol have increased by 57% and 45% respectively. Unlike in other countries where the hike in crude oil prices and exchange rate volatility are leading to shortages in supply of petroleum pro products, Government is implementing measures to guarantee constant supply of petroleum products. To mitigate the impact of the rising price of petroleum products at the pump for the next three months, government has decided to reduce margins in petroleum price buildup by a total of 15 pesos per liter 
with effect from 1st April. The details are as follows. Boss margin reduced by 2 pesos per liter. Unified Petroleum Price and Fund margin reduced by 9 pesos per liter. Fuel marking margin reduced by 1 peso per liter. Primary distribution margin reduced by 3 pesos per liter. Ladies and gentlemen, these reductions in margins are expected to reduce prices of petrol by 1.6% and diesel by 1.4%. We anticipate that the measures taken to strengthen the currency will help further stabilize the prices at the pump. His measures does not respond to a country which is debt distressed. Our debt is simply not sustainable. We are told that an additional 45 billion have been added to our interest payment for the first quarter of this year. Where is he going to raise that money? Even with an expenditure cut of about 31 billion, when he already had a deficit of not less than 6.9 billion. He must come properly. On the matter of foreign exchange, he was silent on it. All we heard is that some two billion cities will be brought, uh, two billion US dollars will be brought in. That is not enough. We need to have a national conversation on how to increase and expand our exports and reduce imports and stop these knee-jerk responses to exchange rate force. There is always effort and attempt to blame the minority on the unpopular e-levy tax, a tax which only manifests a money tax and a lazy tax and a money movement tax. We state again strongly that we will not support e-levy in whatever form and in whatever character he brings it. But let it not be repeated that the minority did not support government in its revenue measures. We did. We have demanded that he engages further with stakeholders. We are still not satisfied with the outcome. So as I said, on Free Senior High School, we've heard that nothing will change about it. We think that there must be a national conversation on the future of education in our country. There must be, because we Shedda have cause to believe that we are investing in literacy and numeracy and not human capital. On the matter of toll boots, we want it reinstated and we demand that toll boots be made functional and the revenues accruing from it made available for the Republic. They have no business, as if when you have the mandate to govern, you can just do as you please. Nowhere in the world will you travel and you not see functional toll boots. The state have lost significant amount of money arising out of it. We think that it's only proper that it's reintroduced and probably adjusted so that we can rake in the needed revenue and use it as a vehicle to promote public-private partnership in the development of our road infrastructure and other infrastructure needed. You're welcome back. This is News File, your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on News File, we put Ghana first. Now, you just said the finance minister, Ken Oforiata. There are some who say 
he's part of the major problem. He should just get out of that place because he doesn't understand what he's doing. Do you believe in that? And if that were the case, does the president really have, does he have what it takes to kick this minister out? People suggest he will not do such a thing. Um, but why? And why not? Right, so uh, join my guests as we look at the, the economy and what to be done to salvage or get to a revival. Joining us, Seth Tekpe, is former Minister for Finance, Executive Director, PFM Tax Africa Network, and part-time lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Uh, he teaches also in other places. Mr. Seth Tekpe, thank you so very much for making time to join us. Very much, and uh, good morning to your listeners and to your viewers. Familiar terrain, you don't want to be in the shoes of your friend Kenoforiata at all. Not at this time, right? <laughs> Certainly, we are in hard times, um, quite difficult, and I hope that we can discuss the issues for the benefit of the general public. Great. Dr. Stephen Amwa, MP in Shiaesu and Member Finance Committee of Parliament. Thanks for joining us. Please unmute your mic. Uh, can you hear me? Perfect. Yes, I said it's a pleasure having me on your prestigious platform. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, you have been saying in the last few weeks um, and months that um, this, this all boils down to international um, pressures that we have seen and also because like uh, Kenoforiata said in the preamble to his uh, statement that you literally inherited this situation it was a bad economy that was handed over to you um, please do you want my response yes very briefly okay thank you very much um i think what I've been, I've been trying to say has to be put in the right perspective. And we need to do this discussion uh, void of any uh, politically oriented motive. Once we do it, that will help us. My point was simple. I said we have three phases. The first phase is, are we all accepting the fact that the challenges we are having today has been influenced largely or mostly or predominantly by the COVID economy. Is it yes or no? That can only be confirmed or otherwise, or affirmed or otherwise, based on the performance indicators such as our GDP growth averagely was about 7% between 2017 and 19. We are having seven digit interest, uh, sorry, inflationary rate, which is a fact. Even our debt to GDP was not what we are having. These are all factuals. And then this COVID thing came in. Even some of the indicators that we are talking about, we are still better than we took over. Mm. Interest rate was hovering over, way over 30%. I manage clients, their assets. Some banks were taking almost 40%. 
uh, treasury bills for the same period was about 22.5. All these have been significantly reduced at present. In fact, policy rate that we increased to 17 was 25.5%. Mm. So I am saying that yeah. even accepting the fact that we are having challenges and hardship, we should know yeah. that the context in which we need to analyze this is mm. not to blame the management of the economy. Once you do that, then we run in politics. Yeah, but it, is okay, but, but it is okay to blame former managers of the economy uh, almost six years on after you took over. Nobody is blaming former managers. Um, oh. I've been saying this. Yeah, you, 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 listen to, you listen to the minister, you didn't? I do what? You listen to Ken Oforiata, yes, you did not? Yes, but respectfully, you asked me one question. Can That's I right. answer? <laughs> okay. Because you no, asked me no, why Steven, blame... Steven, hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll get to you shortly. We haven't actually started yet. Um, okay, thank right. you very much. Yes, and when it comes <laughs> to COVID-2, the questions that are being asked is, uh, why? Is Ghana the only country uh, or only African country that has been hit by COVID? And has the World Bank not confirmed that you were driving us downhill even before COVID hit? Um, also joining us is um, Ejapoma Jeke Dako, who is Senior Lecturer and Economist, University of Ghana Business School. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Sam, for having me, and good morning to all your viewers and listeners. Great. We also have Joseph Obing, National President, the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Guta. Joseph, thank you for joining us. Thank you also, Samson. Right. Um, so let me start with you, Joseph. Um, national, as a president of the Guta, um, how do you, in your sector, how do you assess the measures that are being rolled out as announced by the finance minister yeah thank you very much first and foremost you know that um, the trading community have been bearing um, the brand all this time we have been suffering in terms of um, duty payment and most of the tax payment you know that we are limited in numbers the people that pay taxes in this country and so um, when this problem started or seeming crisis started um, from COVID time to date, the trading community have been suffering a lot. Um, the increase in world commodity prices and then um, high rate of free charges uh, coupled with lately the increase in the, uh, the duties that, are, that we have to pay and um, through the reversal of the benchmark, having been given 30% instead of 50% discount. And um, the recent um, depreciation of the city, uh, where the forests have been very um, um, expensive um, to buy, all compiled to make the uh, uh, cost of doing business very high, extremely difficult to the extent that um, even overpricing yourself it means that you're overpricing yourself out of the uh, market because there's the limit for the consuming public what they can also take then when your um, when your turnover is also suppressed by high uh, increases in prices it means that you cannot also service your your interest rate which have recently also um, gone up 
um, to uh, the base rate going out to 17% means that we are also having another layer of burden at hand. So if you put all this, it means that the trading community is very much overstressed. And uh, um, the, uh, the recent press release by the press conference by the finance minister, having recognized that we all have to make sacrifices much as the trading community is uh, always making these sacrifices, then it is welcome for them to have come to this realization um, and um, also surcharging themselves and cutting some of the expenses that they are doing. In this case, they will be able to pull us um, along. Mm. So, so which of uh, the measures, which of the measures are you particularly excited about? Well, um, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying that I'm excited about anything. All that I'm saying is that for the recognition that they also have to make some sacrifices is also very important. And also for us also to uh, expand the task net. For me, it's also very important, especially mm. when it comes to the e-commerce, where we are going to also tag them. You know, that, that is the new norm. Mm. After the COVID, uh, uh, the, uh, the outbreak of the COVID in 2020, the new norm has been the e-commerce, which is overtaking the traditional businesses. Those of us who mm. have the face address, and right. we are the target for taxes all this time. So for them also to come and to be taxed and all that, means that is going to ensure parity. And so um, now uh, we all have to come on board. Every, every one of us have to pay um, uh, these taxes. Government also re realizing that they don't have to overspend. And what I, I wanted to even hear that I did not hear was um, um, that they should have told us about what they are doing to ensure value for money in terms of the, uh, the expenditure or uh, uh, contracts of um, uh, uh, how we spend our money on contracts and all that. And um, those things are also very important and, and there are a lot of leakages through that. Then I was also very um, uh, excited about the uh, pay before exit that they also introduced. Because you, you realize that most people are taking advantage of the warehousing, especially the expatriates and all that. They do the, most of this warehousing and then most uh, of them find their way coming into the system without the legitimate duty being paid. When it is done, it means that we are being urged out mm. uh, of competition mm. by this expert for right. which they have done. And okay. then the retention policy, as you, you are very much aware, we've been saying that the foreign dominance of this economy is so overbearing, and that's, um, the, uh, it is, uh, that's the pain why this forest is suffering. Because we do, we barely have a retention policy, and that's if you're able to make these um, 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 for, uh, foreign entities, uh, or we make a conscious effort to even um, um, invest in these areas, so that we can uh, retain, or if we can make them uh, a system that they can um, repatriate their profits in bits mm. rather than I bulk at the end of the year, okay. then we'll be doing something. All now right. the retention policy for this mm. extractive industry also make me happy. All right. Because then it will go okay. a long way to help us. Okay, so now let's go to the um, lecturer and economist at the University of Ghana Business School, Madam Ejapoma. Um, from where you sit,
as you heard the minister rule out these measures um, what was going through your mind and having also taking your time in the last uh, two days or so to go over them what do you have to say about these measures good morning once again to your listeners and to you and um, thank you for having me and um, so I, I would like to say that um, listening to the minister i was quite excited about some of the measures that were rolled out and we know that we've had challenges in the past few months and um, uh, those challenges partly could be blamed on COVID, partly could be also blamed on the structural bottlenecks that we have in our economy and therefore um, given that we're unable to you know get the e-levy passed you know um in parliament that meant that there was going to be a downgrade of um of our economy and that was exactly what happened and that's actually made it quite difficult for us to be able to get some funds or get in, um, investor confidence now listening to the minister and um, looking at the rigidities that we have in our expenditure framework the fact that we have about um 97% of our revenue all moving into some things that we can't do anything about in terms of statutory payments, in terms of um, the interest payments that we have to make as an economy, and then in terms of um, some wages and compensation that we have to make. Then it was important for governments to show that they were prepared to do something to boost the confidence of investors. And so if I look at some of the things that they outlined in there, um, one being cutting salaries um, of um, government employees um, of, of, of them by 30%, and the moratorium on imported vehicles, the travel ban or travel restrictions that we have, um, in, in a way, or in my mind, what that means is that they are trying to show the entire world that they are ready to consolidate and improve their fiscal position. And that in itself could help boost investor confidence. Why should so, anybody why should anybody why should anybody be applauded for stopping wastage? Good. So um, if you are into if you are wasting so to call it and then you are having to stop it i'm not saying that we should applaud them but all i'm trying to say is that we should they have been able to show that they want to consolidate our fiscal position and that is what is going to help in, in boosting investor confidence at this, least in the short term this is this is what this is what any prudent manager uh, of a business yes. should be doing not wait until such a situation is that not so I agree with you perfectly. I agree with you. So every prudence manager should be able to do um, the sort of things that would help reduce its expenditure or minimize its cost. Over the years, if we have been unable to achieve it, and now we are trying to get into a direction where we want to achieve it, then I think it's a good sign and we should, we should talk about it as T well. Tell me about this. Government will conclude ongoing measures to eliminate ghost workers from the government payroll by end of December 2022. What's, what's new about this? And there, there isn't anything new about it because over the years we've actually heard that um, ghost names are going to be removed from the system that we have and so forth. 
So what we need to see is the effective implementation of the measures that have been outlined. And I was just coming to that when um, you came in. Okay. Now that these have been outlined, the measures have been outlined, we need to see the effective implementation of these measures. If we say that we are cutting um, the expenditure on travel, we are reducing the expenditure on travel. If we say that we are reducing the expenditure on other things, other discretionary expenditure. We should make sure that we are making it transparent and visible enough for the Ghanaian to see that this is actually what we are doing. If you take the state-owned um, agencies, most of them are off subvention and they are doing their own things, as we know. So if they have their budget and they had, let's say, travel on their budget, we should be able to see that these have been moved to central government, central government coffers. And transparency in implementing some of these measures is very, very key over here. Mm. Um, I, I, I like to actually go to Stephen to find out a few things before I bring in Sir Tepe. Um, I feel that it may be uh, not appropriate to be putting this questioning uh, to you, madam. So, uh, Stephen, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, you, you are going to impose a moratorium on establishment of new public sector institutions by end of April. If you are managing an economy, you're looking at your means. Why have you been setting them up? And some of them have been said to be rather needless. You are just piling up, you know, your, your cost. Uh, prioritize ongoing public projects over new ones. Uh, at elections, before elections, you made so many promises. Focusing on these promises is prioritizing, rather than when you come into government and then every day we are hearing, today we'll do 88 hospitals, the next day we hear it has gone to 11, uh, 111. Why? Who, who inflicted all of these on you? And it's, is it now dawning on you that you need to do something about that? You are reducing allocation of coupons for people who get free coupons and wasting the public money. Should you be doing this now? What's, what is this? Checking ghost names. You should be checking ghost names from day one. Can I, can I speak now, sir? Exactly. Um, thank you, boss. But it looks like you are just reading a whole passage for me to answer. Which one are you talking about? And all that you are raising to me, they are very important to you. You are raising important issues. But you put them together like a passage, and you give me two minutes answer, and anyway, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, lawyer, in the first place, in the first place, uh, I really agree perfectly with my, I don't know her title, but uh, respectfully, the woman from Legon. And sometimes when such important extracts are put into the public domain, something all of you gloss over, then you move into these areas, and I get a bit surprised and astonished. He spoke about structural bottlenecks in our economy. Something. These bottlenecks have been with us not because of only NPP or NDC. Let's be very honest with us. For instance, ghost names. And the NDC, they tried to ask respectfully my boss, Honorable Tobe. Under every if government. They did not try. Sorry. Under every government. 
Yes. So it's an ongoing exercise. And then, it, look, I always say this. Ghana's major problem, economic, I mean, I see our economic currency and those things, as a child with sickle cell, slow push, then there's crisis. NDC MPP will be trying to always use short-term approach to solving these problems, which will not work. Let's be very honest with ourselves. It will never work. But these problems have been there for almost 40 years. When we have crisis, we try to mitigate the impact, and then it comes back. It's very suicidal. Until we accept these facts and take policies out and design a long-term approach to solving some of these problems, something will work out. Coming to your question that, why now, why that? We call something monitoring and evaluation. I even add an adjustment. You can design a policy framework. You can come up with projects, set up institutions, structures. But once you monitor along the critical activity path of outlaying funds into these areas and executing your stewardship, you can be confronted with challenges that will call for the need to adjust. There's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. My only concern is that most of the people who are interested in these issues have their private and individual interests, whether good or bad, I cannot conclude. And when we are analyzing these things, we don't want to go into the realities of these issues. Something, let's face it. You ask a question that, is it only Ghana that COVID has affected? As I'm talking to you now, the United Kingdom, inflation rate for the past 30 years, they are not experiencing the highest. U US, 40 years now. Talking about even Africa as a continent, if it's being used as industry average or continental average, they were growing negative 2.2. Is it a fault of this regime that over 40,000 private sector workers had to be sacked so that per year's corporate taxes? So let's address the issues assets and find out why the government is taking these decisions is that within our budget framework, in terms of expenditure, we have statutory and then we have the discretionary. And just as my, my, my sister said, we are spent using about 90% of outlays going into areas government cannot have control over. So government will look into the discretionary spending arm of our budget. And that will include cutting areas whether we imp implement that we initiated them or they are in the system to make sure that within our fiscal space, we can consolidate and harmonize the key elements because we are in crisis. Let's be very honest with ourselves. In doing so, some will be good, some will be bad. Something, let me tell you, Bank of Ghana decision to even move monetary policy up. Personally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with that, but others are hailing them. Most of the decision they are taking as a central bank, I'm happy. But if inflationary rate, by my own observation, is being caused not as a result of demand pool, but cost push, you don't increase another cost variable, which is very important, in our market, because about 90% of whatever good uh, investors in Ghana, they borrow from the banks. So in making the attempt to mitigate the impact, some of the decisions may be wrong or right. But the most important factor we need to know is that the government of today is ready through the political way we are demonstrating to cut down areas that are within our jurisdiction. But our only advice that we need to find out which of the items that we are cutting mm. do not have strong correlation with our economic growth to have the cyclical effect or defect. 
that's what we need to look at. Mm. But the government is doing everything that it has to do to ensure that this crisis that we we find ourselves not only as a country but the whole world, we are doing something to consolidate, sorry, to mitigate its impact on mm. us and have a platform that going forward we can build preventive measures and also make sure that we wouldn't suffer too much. And we are doing so much work. You need to maybe allow the government, criticize areas that we think we could have done ABC, and we do. But if you talk of government promising hospitals, when government was promising hospitals, I'm not sure they knew COVID and other things. I'm not sure they knew Ukraine war will come to this level. I'm not sure they knew fewer will go all time hard over seven years now. At least the government knew. The government knew that during the elections, it had made hundreds of promises, and it was yet to uh, tackle those promises, and it was adding on to those promises, hoping to raise new taxes. How do you behave like that? But, but some, uh, some, some, um, uh, something. Yes. What are promises? We are talking about projection, policies and programs of a government that has analyzed the situation he finds his country in and think this will help. Some of the things you promise, you can do, some you cannot. That is why there are projections. We have uncertainties, we have risk factors that may impede or impair. It's not the fault of this government to have over 20 months impaired productivity. Mm. It's not the government fault. It's not the government fault that hotels and restaurants to, had to close down so that we could not grow as a government. Yeah, it's not the government fault before, that now. Before, let, me, let me speak. At least allow bef me to also make Before, before COVID, before COVID, in 2018, was it, the president issued, issued a ban on travels um, because he discovered and had been very clear about it that, you know, there was a lot of uh, wastage in that area and people were complaining. Not too long ago, there was a list, a very tall list of a government, you know, uh, entourage uh, in a setting travel. Uh, nobody really saw anything wrong with it as far as people in government were concerned that it didn't matter that such a huge you know number would be attending some small program uh, abroad so this this ought to be known from the something, start something this issue i think you are repeating the same issues we've all accepted the fact that we have structural socioeconomic bottlenecks bottlenecks sorry and what you are talking about has been prevailing in all governments. Let's be very honest with ourselves. And we all know it's not good, and I agree with you. But we should also look at before COVID, what was happening? 2020, Ghana was the best country in terms of currency performance, 3.9. 2021, we have 3.94, the best currency. Government of Ghana could put in place a policy, social a poli a redistribution policy framework to ensure that the most important factor in attaining long-term economic growth and stability anywhere in the world is about education because you should be able to perform. You need to acquire that free education for people even below at, at the bottom of the social stratification. So once we are saying negative things, let's also say positive things that under this government before COVID we're able to do. Most of all economic indicators were doing so much well till we we are hit by COVID and some of the structural bottlenecks. That have run through every government that we want to solve. So yes. I agree with you. At least, but what at least for the first time, at least for the first time in our history, it's your government that appointed as many as 120 plus ministers. When anybody sought to criticize the bloatedness of the government, 
you know, they were attacked as not knowing anything and just being, you know, uh, unnecessarily critical. Samson, what they are saying sometimes, I think you also define your own imaginations. Because you can't say nobody. I haven't seen any uh, research you've done to tell me that all MPP members, all experts, all analysts saw nothing wrong with that. So I disagree. But we should also understand the fact that the size of the government does not necessarily mean the government was spending in a way that is not matching our achievement. We should also look at that fact. So what's the point in, what, what, what's what's the point in taking a 30% salary cut then? Something, you speak far more than you want me to answer. I think that is not appropriate. Can you allow me to also give me the freedom to also speak? Other than that, you are not helping me. You speak a you lot. Speak you speak a lot. I am so how can I answer? I am checking the time. I speak I speak yeah, I speak less than a minute and you so speak for five minutes. You. But boss, you ask long questions, then you want me to cut what I'm saying. It's not fair. I think you should what focus you should focus on giving your answers. Samson, can I speak now? You are speaking. What what I'm trying to say is that in the first place. There are a lot of achievements under this government that we also have the first time. The first time that a poor Ghanaian child, the most important segment of our educational value chain, is being made free. From Insawam to Apeja, the NDC government never added one kilometer to Greater Accra, Kumase. One of the most important trunk routes is finished now. In my constituency here that I'm speaking, first time we are experiencing asphaltic roads and streets as never before. I'm not saying we don't have road challenges. So we have a lot of good things, and there are things that I agree with you. We need to criticize and change. Most of the me, for instance, NDC MPP to me haven't done well when it comes to currency issues. Because there are basic items and services that we have no business even importing them. You understand what I'm saying? So I agree with you, but let's look at what is prevailing now. Before the COVID, during the COVID, post-COVID, the performance of this government. It has been one of the best. At least, is it a uh, uh, mortality rate or whatever? How is it? Government never sacked anybody. But private sector even sacked over 40%. Government is still putting a lot of measures in place to make sure that we redefine and reconsolidate our fiscal space. We need to take a lot of taxes. Now, now because of the numbers in parliament, we are being impaired. So even government's workflow it's being impaired by our opposition members, and it's a fact. So the time in which we find ourselves, there are so many uncontrollable factors. As much as I agree with you, the issues you are raising, they are very concrete, and it's true, respectfully. Some of them have been structural, chronic. Some of them have been also caused by, yes, sometimes management on our part is also possible, but largely because of this global Mm. which because we are import-driven economy, it's affecting us. Yeah, but one good thing is that, one good thing that we should look at is that government of the day today is doing a whole lot of things to manage the discretionary spending and to make sure that the crisis that we are having today, we can mitigate its impact and put in place long-term measures to make sure that in the year future, in the year, sorry, in the, in the near future, such uncertainties can be well managed. Yes, mm. we are ready for criticism. For, for example, yes, do, for, for example, you realize that this government has been one of the best on the continent of Africa in right. managing COVID. For, for, for example, away from us. let me give you one, one, one example about why I'm asking 
what to what end really for to do these things at this time now yes sir um in in opposition you campaign and you spoke about i remember kenoforiata talking about uh heads of soes earning unconscionably huge salaries and allowances that needed to be you know worked at immediately you won power he said something will be done about them soe money heads some of them taking 80,000, 100,000 we, we, we had. Nothing has been done about that. And these are SOE heads who do not make any profits. All they have been doing is to burden us with losses. Why are we now cutting their salaries? Samson, this issue you are raising, it is 100% correct. I support you. Let's face it. I am even of the view that some of these state agencies, we have no business having deputies and even double, couple, two, three. We have no business because we cannot derive the needed productivity from them. And the economy is the function of productivity and the labor size. So I agree with you 100% that most of these outlays or expenditures are extremely unproductive. And probably the crisis is rather now drawing the attention of the government to look at these areas very well. And sometimes you can make projections and promises along the critical activity path of your work. You might have forgotten some of them, but crisis can let you review your work and know that I agree with you. I think state-owned agencies, we need to look at those. Me, for instance, I disagree having NAEP, YEA, UIA, Maslow, Capital Venture. I'm against it. They seem to be pro providing the same or offering the same services. Government can merge them, cut down expenditure on overheads and all these infrastructure and other things so we can save money. So for this one that you are raising, if I even argue with you, I'm not being honest person. Okay. And I think uh -huh. our government should listen to some of these good things and quickly make changes in these areas. All right. Me, if I were, I had my discretion. I will delay all deputies. I'm not talking about ministries, state agencies. I will also let any land cruiser be used that is paid for by government, maintained by government, formed by government to be parked. So when you are driving outside your region, you can use by in the capital towns, you use small car. These are some of the things we all agree. So this statement, I'm sure right. they will listen. Mm. Nobody should attack me because I'm an MPP man. We want to save this well, country. Well, there are well, a lot of areas that well, are not deriving the need of productivity, and government has to cut it. Stephen, you cannot, you cannot expect not to be attacked. Your own people will attack you. You, you wait. It doesn't matter. It will I'm start very soon. Uh, let me now go to uh, Minister Seth Tepe. Thank you very much uh, for your patience. Um, I needed to be able to see if I could uh, elicit some uh, direct responses on some of these things that are being done that some see there's nothing new about them and they are belated and they are the normal things that any serious government should be doing and we got signs that these things were going to be done but it does appear once the party goes into power and their people find these spaces and they begin to you know uh, enjoy like we say in ghana chop they don't want anything to happen to uh, all of these things anymore yes yeah, so what do you say about these measures as outlined by the minister? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> I mean, 
some of the measures uh, definitely um, were started. The business based measures, the revenue, you know, measures. You know, we heard about uh, single window. You know, we heard about uh, GCNet. We heard about um, now icons. You know, they were started. They were, they were not new. Mm. So, I, I, one word for that, I think that we are all beginning to learn that there is a need for us to sustain. You know, some of these measures. Today, we are coming back and talking about payroll. We talked about business. Uh, you know, hopefully, I'll, I'll elaborate on some of these further. Mm. Um, so, since 2017 budget, we've never heard about these things, you know, in the 2018 to 2022 budget, you know, and uh, and therefore, I think that's when we capture some of these things. And I'll talk to the structural measures. But let me just, you know, uh, make a couple of corrections. I think the Honorable MP said we left interest rate at 22.5. Please, you check, we brought it down to 16.5 by the time we were leaving, you know, office as a result of establishing the sinking fund. Interest rate. To, no, please. no. Please, I, did, I, I, did please I did not disrupt. Please, I did no, not but disrupt. I, maybe I'm misquoting you, sir. No, you, you, you spoke about treasury. I said even policy rate was 25.5. How could interest rate be? But you were just, but you were just talking about the need. Mm. No, I'm policy saying that rate. policy rate is 25. I did not. I did not. Stephen, I kept Stephen, please hold on. Stephen, 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 I will plead with you. So please, if you have, if you have any issue to raise, Stephen, Mr. Satekwa, hold on for me. Mr. Satekwa, hold on for me. Stephen, if you have any issue to 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 raise, please note it down. At the appropriate time when you are invited. You react okay. to them. Thank you, sir. And and Thank if you so if you monitor the time you speak, you would realize that you are spoken for a very long time. So you shouldn't be interrupting him. Yes, Mr. No, Secretary. but he shouldn't. She shouldn't also misquoting me. That one respectfully. Okay, please like note it. it. Note it. Thank you, Stika. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm saying that the TD rates was not less than twenty-two point five percent. We brought it down to sixteen point percent. I think there's a BOG graph which everybody can go to and you can see that from 2014 interest rates were going down and to 2017 when they started going up. That's the first one. Um, deficit. I think that we should be careful. <laughs> um, deficit was 6.1. Um, today, you know, it's double that. And even the World Bank is telling us that we should be adding arrears, you know, to them. Debt was 57%. Today it's 85%. So I think we should be talking to the numbers, you know, in order that we can inform, you know, Ghanaians, you know, um, about why we are in a crisis. Uh, the deficit was offset. There were offsets that were done. Luckily, if you look at the minister's statement going to the budget and the budget, it has been revised from when they said it was 10%, 9%, 8.3%, because we had been drawing attention to it. But let me uh, also stress that we did a lot of, you know, there were quite a number of structural measures that were put in place that we can discuss some of them. And at the time we were leaving office, there was money in the seeking fund, 200 million US dollars. That was used to finish paying the first sovereign bond. That's what we call the Kufo bond. We had used 330 million you know, US dollars of our own oil money from the sinking fund to pay off. And then we refinance the remainder, which is 200 million from the 2015 bond. So we are set 
a stick for Ghana to be using oil revenue to be paying down its debt. Why has this stopped? And how come that we have projected that by the end of this year in the budget, you know, the sinking fund will be down to zero? You know, when there was about 215 million at the time, you know, the, this government came to, you know, to, to power. I would also urge the, um, the Honorable MP to please look at, I'll give him three references. The first one is the Article 4, IMF Article 4 of 2019. The second one is a COVID loan report, a COVID loan report. And then the third one is Bank of Ghana NPC statements, which I've been warning Please, for COVID one and a half years. The COVID report, the RCF report, okay. the rapid credit facility. Uh, I'm mentioning this um, because the growing numbers that the Honorable MP is talking about were revised. The 5.3% revised to 7% deficit. The five, no, the three point four point five was revised to seven percent. The uh, five point three was revised to seven point two percent. And in that report, there was a gap. There was a fiscal gap of three to five percent, which the government itself disclosed to the IMF. I mentioned 2019 because you recall that. Recently, something the World Bank country director indicated that our arrears going into COVID was about 5% of GDP. That's significant. Right. And this is a basis on which some of them have projected that the deficit for 2020 was about 15%. Government said it was 11%. If you add that 5%, because the arrears for 5%, you know, is part of the calculation of the fiscal balance. You will get a deficit of 15, 16%. And it didn't get, then that should tell us clearly that we had difficulties before COVID. You know, the, the, so, so two things. The reluctance of the government to accept that the figures that they have been projecting, and the only reason 20, sorry, by the way, the only reason 2017, 3.7 was not revised was because bailout cost was not factored at all. You can go and check 2017. There was no provision for bailout costs, despite ESLA. And by the way, we left ESLA, which should have been used to clear, you know, the banking sector and the energy sector arrears. And please, you can Google again. In 2017, both the minister and the vice president were in Washington and assuring the whole world, you know, that there was sufficient money from ESLA to clear those arrears. Why are we talking about IPPs today? Right, because that is the reason why those were, and how come that in the whole statement there was no mention of ESLA? How come that instead of using the money to start paying down, as we started doing with VRA, as we started doing with VRA, you know, debt and is there documented? How come that money was turned into a loan? Instead of a direct negotiation, you know, with the lenders and the banks, as we did, how come it was turned into a loan? And what happened to that loan? Such that today, ESLA is going to bring in 43 billion. The minister said 25 billion or so had been spent on 
you know, the energy sector and the bailout costs and whatever. That money is already, you know, uh, has come through ESLA. Please go to the ESLA report. ESLA has generated that much already. So where is the money? Said that now we are talking about that. Yes. So I'm mentioning this to just to set a record straight that mm. the problems existed before COVID. And by the way, um, something I get surprised. We had disruption in gas supply from Nigeria, some of you remember, for about two and a half years, almost three years. We gave it one word, don't so. It was critical, American, and all those things, right? We had the continuing effects of the global financial crisis. We started in 2008, mark the year, and therefore the full effects of the global financial crisis, 2007-2008. Please mark the year 2007. It means that the full effect was from 2009. We had. 2014, 2015, the collapse of crude oil prices. By the way, crude oil prices hit 115 uh, US dollars per barrel, 1215 dollars per barrel between 2011, 2012. What did we do with one oil field? That was the windfall that we used to create the sinking fund, the stabilization fund. 370 million of which was used, is being used today, and was called at home for COVID. Mm, mm. We have three oil fields. Mm. The excuses are just too much. We have right. three oil fields. We were able to achieve that with one oil field. Mm. And we couldn't even master the 70,000 barrels because of the tariff better than other, you know. Yeah, yeah, what, so did, what did we do with three oil fields before COVID? What right. did we do with an increase in oil revenue? You know, uh, from about seventy thousand barrels, if take this right. So, so now, 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 this, this, this has come upon us. This has come upon us. I want us, with your experience and background, to assist us. Okay. I'll, I'll come to, to assist us to assess measures as you know have been announced. How much? How far-reaching they are? How will they help to um, towards reviving the economy? Thank you very much. I'm just winding up. I'm, I'm sent because the minister addressed the past, the MP is addressing the past. So I just want to set this record straight. My point is that this is a government that attributed all those difficulties to non-performance. Incompetence. You see? Incompetence. And so if you do not anticipate crisis, you can never run a government for four years without crisis. If you do not anticipate crisis, you dismantle stabilization fund, you dismantle sinking fund, you dismantle all those structures that we're putting in place, and that is why we are where we are today. Mm. Because despite three oil fields, we were not paying down there. What we're doing is that we're just refinancing them. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. So so let's look, the let's look at this. Yes. For example, uh, this free fuel coupons for government appointees. Until <laughs> now, I didn't know that there's so much money in that area. So we are told by the Deputy Minister uh, of Finance that as much as 52 million Ghana cities will accrue from the 50% cut on the fuel coupons uh, for government appointees alone. 52 million. In, here at, at Joy FM, 
We have had presenters, host of shows, walk out of the premises, go out there, and tell ministers and deputy ministers to switch off their engines. Because, as we know, because they, 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 they pull this fuel for free, they take their cars to everywhere, and the engine is on 24-7. What's what madness? So this is a good policy, isn't it? Something I didn't leave my engine on any time I came to. Yes, we, we know about we know, about, we know, yes. about, your we know about your situation. We know about your situation. Yes. Let me yes, let me let me let me just state that what I know, I don't know about free. What I know is that we make sure that all those things are budgeted for. That is public financial money. For, for MPs and whatever. You see why there was an unpopularity of business? We turn it electronically. We abolish paper warrants. We abolish paper warrants. Contractor suppliers will no longer come to the Ministry of Finance. And as and when you spent, the money was being deducted from your ceiling. If you hit it, that's it. You hit your budget. That's what business was all about. How come we started paying contractors outside business? We started paying contractors outside business. Some of them were discounting, you know, in banks. Who were paying those banks, you know, where the factoring and the discounting was taking place, right? So yes, it is welcome. And let me let me therefore take advantage of the question you have, you have raised to also say that, you know. These are discretionary expenditures, as a, as a minister pointed out. Yeah, which he says is going to be further cut by 10%. They had already, already, already cut, uh, cut it, and they are cutting again by 10%. Well, we That's did a not, good we did not have the money. Let me make two points. We did not have the money to pay anyway. As a first point, we did not have the money to pay, and I was saying. And secondly, there is austerity in discretionary expenditure by every government in the first quarter. And that is because revenue is just trickling in from Guta and others through customs and the rest. Because you have spent, you know, for three, four quarters the previous year. And therefore, you tend to suspend, you know, those expenditures, particularly into, sometimes into the third, third quarter before you spend on them. Mm. You know, and let me explain why I said that. We have a situation, and this is a problem facing us. We have a situation where we are using the total revenue, not used to be tax revenue, total revenue, right? To pay compensation and interest. Interest is statutory, otherwise you default. Wages is regarded as precise statutory, otherwise government will not pay its employees and the rest. And this constitutes about 70 you know, billion out of the uh, uh, this which is uh, the total budget. When you take the what is regarded as discretionary, by the way, when you talk about discretionary, you say recurrent. The total recurrent is discretionary. If you say you are not going to abolish or review free SHS, some of those payments, unless you want the children to go without textbooks, without all of this, become virtually statutory. Become virtually, because you have a commitment in terms of those expenditures. So what is left of the discretionary expenditure, right? And so if we are borrowing after compensation and interest, we are borrowing and it's not even enough for these uh, two items. Right. Something, what it means is that you are borrowing already mm. for those discretionary expenditures. Okay. You are borrowing for capital, you are borrowing for arrears. So the question is, 
which of the discretionary, why were we not giving numbers? Okay, uh, Mr. Tepper, hold on for me, hold on for me. Um, please, uh, our guest, if anybody is typing uh, on your keyboard and your mic is on, can you please... Uh, uh, put your mic off as you as you type. But can you can you be direct to me with this, and then so I can yes. go to my other guests and get their view. So um, this this cut is happening. Government says that uh, it is is going to impose a complete moratorium on the purchase of imported vehicles for the rest of the year. W what is the impact? It says that it has imposed a moratorium on all foreign travels except pre-approved critical statutory travels and you know the raft of measures that it is taking what do you anticipate will be the impact this is positive isn't it it is positive but i'm talking about substance also is it is positive but is it substantively positive and that's why i'm giving you know the background of the commitments that we have the heavy commitments by the way we have to borrow we have to borrow to refinance and we have to borrow to repay old loan. That is a situation that's facing us. Is our domestic market that big? And if we we are blocked from going to the external markets, then I'm afraid the problems with Buta is innovating is going to be worse because government is coming straight into the domestic markets to borrow. And it will increase interest rate. And that's why BOD is a preemptive strike. That's why BOD is increasing the policy rate as a signal. So those interest rates are going to go up as a result of the crowding, you know. And so I think that I'm trying to give you that it is not a matter of one or two measures. It is positive in the sense, in one sense, even if it is not substantive because much of the expenditure is not going in that area. It is a signal that the ministers themselves, the president himself and others are part of the sacrifice. But when you take the whole of article, where is, uh, what, um, the, the article, the 175 uh, uh, of the, the, the statutory payments that goes to the judiciary, the legislature, and whatever, if you compare it to the total expenditure, it is not that much significant. So as we go through these items, give us numbers. Hopefully, by the media review, we'll get the numbers. Because let me give you you know, I know my time is getting revenue, right? Revenue this is a problem. I've spoken about the expenditure. I've spoken about the fact that we are borrowing for arrears, which the World Bank is saying is grossly understated, which we have said already is all. But when you take revenue, we are expecting to collect 100 billion. Going into the budget, the provis provisional actual was 70 billion, run about 70 you know, a billion against an estimate of 72 billion. If you look at the Bank of Ghana NPC report, it says that we collected on 67 billion. Right? Mm. So if we were not even able to collect 70 billion, let alone the 72 billion, mm. what makes us so confident that we can double that 67 billion by another 30 billion to achieve 100 billion? It means that the revenue itself is exaggerated, you know, and therefore, you know, if we if we estimate that the best GRA can, can do, and I, I grant that oil revenue is going up, it will increase revenue and all that, even if it did 80, you know, billion. Forget yes, about that fact yes, that yes. Uh, fi finally, because before you take a breather, yes. um, what do you estimate 
will be the actual impact, so to speak, of these measures, including the tax measures, the implementation and collection of the revised property rates by end of April. We've been talking about paying, you know, reasonable property rates for a very long time. Nothing has been done about it. This is being rolled out. Implementation of EVAT, e-commerce, e-gaming initiatives, also by end of April 2022. Rolling out of simplified tax filing mobile application for all eligible taxpayers by July of this year. Uh, Parliament is going to be impressed upon to fast track the passage of the e-levy bill, tax exemptions bill. <laughs> we have had issues with that because people get too much exemptions. And then the fees and charges bill. What's your estimation, the impact that this can have on the road to recovery? Let me separate the e-levy, which is bringing a revenue, which, by the way, is already in the budget. So it's not new money that's going to alleviate anything. It's already in the budget. Check the revenue. I urge you know the technical people here to go to the appendix. They will see that it's already in the budget. It's part of the hundred billion. In fact, it's part of the middle term projection. It will increase to eight billion, then to nine billion, and then to ten billion. But if you take those are the what you call the tax handles, which normally bring in additional revenue. So that will bring additional. The rest are compliance. The rest are compliance measures, right? The fact that, you know, as the uh, 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 Dr. Oben said, you know, you are going to, and Dr. Ben will recall that we started those warehousing measures. They weren't popular, so popular. I'm glad we're going back to it. It's a loophole, this use of the bullet warehousing and the rest. Again, as the Honorable Minister uh, 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 Guta and others are saying, it is not new, but it is it is the lesson is that these are sustainable and we must sustain them we shouldn't come and suspend one policy just because governments have changed for me that's a lesson those measures take about a year to two years to be effective of course when you go and do audits and the rest you will get you know revenue but when you have to put a revenue system in place for the domestic tax administration digitalize them and the rest you know something, it's just at the private sector. If you want to remodel your studio as you have done nicely, I, I was there just before I traveled. You know, it takes planning, it takes configuration, it takes IT people doing all that so that you can have the correction, it takes time. So some of those measures take time. That's why we say they're structural. And that's why when you do, say, a fund program or you do your homegrown policy, some of those you push into second year and into third year. Mm. So I'm saying what I would like to see is what are the measures that is going to help us with this year's difficulty that we have particularly in accessing the markets right mm. all right before we can even talk about the medium you know mm. term measures which are going to take effect mm. from next year mm. and probably into 2024 all right uh, thank so, you thank I'm you thank you very much thank you very much i i have to take a quick break here and when i return I will be going to Senior Lecturer in Economics, University of Ghana, Ejapoma um, Jekedako, and also uh, Joseph Obeying uh, for their, their views on what impact specific that they anticipate this will have. What ought to be done extra, if any, to ensure that this economy uh, is on a true path of recovery 
because we're in it together, really. Um, this show is brought to you by the sponsors, the kind of sponsorship of Bank of Africa, strong as a group and close as a partner, MTN everywhere you go, Ashesi University, educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders for Africa, Robert and Sons Optical Services, your comprehensive eye care services provider for 31 years, we lead properties, home is where one starts, CBG, we stand with you, Edlam Housing, where spacious homes cost less, Juroplas, where Juroplas goes, water flows. Rehoboth Properties, quality housing for all. We'll be right back. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. COVID-19 pandemic struck, real heroes emerged. In the areas of health, education, and economic empowerment, heroes stood on the gap, helping in their communities like they always do. It's now time to celebrate your hero. It's time to name and nominate your hero to be an MTN hero of change. Yes, your hero nominee could win part of the price package of 200,000 CDs. Name your hero. Help your hero to gain recognition and the resources to do more. Just fill an online nomination form at heroes.mtn.com.gh or pick up a form at any MTN service center near you. Deadline for nominations is 7th April 2022. See press on our social media pages for details or contact 054-976-7070 for further inquiries. MTN Heroes of Change. Be the change you wish to see. Thought of where to get your dream home? Wayleed is offering you a better option. Check out our exclusive or detached house gated community. Sizes ranges from cozy three bedrooms to a luxurious five bedrooms. We at Wayleed are committed to providing you with the best building quality and value for money. In fact, we are the proud recipient of 2019's Quality Property Firm Award. Just like our homes, our payment terms focus on your need. Choose from installments up to 24 months without interest. Or take advantage of month gauge up to 20 years. At Waylead, we build homes for you. Call us now on 0240. Oh, tell you close the window small. Ah, the room be too bright, oh. Why, you be vampire where you know they like sunlight. Oh, my guy, my eyes, oh, my eyes. Behind the PC problem. Oh, in the sun problem. Come on, light bulb, sir. This no matter. Eh? I bet go Robert and Sons. Mm, oh, yeah. The magic to him, I know correct. Where Robert and Sons sort them out sharp. Now, so, so stylish frames in the wrong. <laughs> we go, go Robert and Sons, right? No, I was sitting inside proper. 
For over 25 years, Robert & Sons continues to provide specialist eye care for both adults and children. Locators at Adabaka, Adenta, Kumasi, Usudangwa, Tema, Weja, and East Legon. Call 050-151-9111. Robert & Sons, seeing is believing. How about getting your day defined with us here on the Super Morning Show as we serve you the most authentic breakfast on radio. My name is Kojo Yangson. Join Mamabia Usu Abwaji, Winston Amwa and I on the Super Morning Show every weekday from 5.50 until 10 a.m. I'm Dorinando, your joy bringer. I take over from the morning show team from 10 a.m. till midday every weekday, serving you the best cocktails ever on the Cosmopolitan Mix. I simply keep you company whilst you and I come in right after the business news at 1 p.m. to keep you ignited with all those soothing, incredible tunes. From 1 p.m. through to 3 p.m. with me, Sammy Forsen, on Ignition, ahead of drive time, where Lexus Bill takes you on a smooth drive. You bet, Sammy Forsen. They know they are always in safe hands on drive time on Joy. Yo, 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 where my passengers at? You know how we do it. Super jams, great combos, and many more. I am Lexus Bell. Hey, Kofi, are you ready for the overdrive? Oh, yes, Lexus. I am ever ready to overdrive our listeners with joy. Between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. every Monday to Wednesday, I know just how to keep you company while you push through the final hours of traffic before getting home safely. Enjoy your bedtime with George Quay on the Late Night Express. Thank you, Kofi. The Late Night Express is a journey of inexplicable musical ecstasy as I serve and pumper you with all those love suits the tunes till you fall asleep like a baby. My name is George Quay. The Late Night Express, Mondays to Wednesdays, 10 p.m. till midnight. Your bedtime companion. I love you. Yes, we love you and thank you for choosing us. Joy 99.7 FM, radio for discerning listeners. We are Joy. Mohammed Nuruddin in Kumasi, and this is Joy News. Independent, fearless, and credible. You're welcome back. This is News File, it's the most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on News File, we put Ghana first. I'm your host, Samson Ladia Yanini. My guests have been uh, Seth Tepe, former Minister of Finance, Executive Director. PFM Tax Africa Network and part-time uh, lecturer at um, universities including the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Steven Amwa, a good friend of mine. I call him Sticker as we have always done for many years. He's MP in Shaiso and member finance committee in parliament. Many people say he's too honest a politician. Um, senior lecturer and economist, University of Ghana Business School, um, Ejapoma Jeke Dako, also has been with us, and Joseph Obeng, National President, Ghana Union of Traders Association. So now let me go to Madame Ejapoma. Um, 
the 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 IEA, for example, the IEA, for example, uh, said that to to ensure that government is showing significant signs of readiness and participating in the circumstance we find ourselves in to get you know uh, citizens to also buy in and be willing to sacrifice we should cut down the ministries and cut down on the size of government it doesn't appear from these measures uh, the government is listening to any of that what do you say about that well, I, I would say that um, it was my only disappointment in the measures, or one of my major disappointments in the measures that were um, taken um, by the finance minister. Because like we know and like we've seen um, um, over the years, I think we are seeing the largest government size in this era. And they all come with their various expenditure. And therefore, it's important for us if we are showing signs that we want to consolidate fiscally. Um, it's important for us to be able to reduce the um, the size of a government. Um, I am not forcing to think for them, but I'm hoping that by the time we get to the mid-year review, um, something like that would have come up. So I, I would want to see um, a reduction in the size of a government because they all go down into increasing the expenditure that we have as a country. Yes, mm. so I do agree with them that the size of the government is huge and we need to do something about the size of the government. Right, so um, those measures that have been announced so far, uh, the truth is that we have realized that some of these measures are already in the, in the, in the budgets, so they are not new really. Um, what impact do you think they can make substantially? So the difference, yes. Mm. So the difference here has to be a matter of compliance. As um, Honorable Setepe said and um, Dr. Um, um, Stephen Amwa also said, we need to be able to enforce whatever we said we are going to be doing as a country. You take one of the measures like um, tax filing process, and um, if you take that into account, and we are going to make it easy, according to um, the finance minister, that we are going to make it easy for people to file taxes. Now, of what use will filing of taxes be if these are not attached to essential services? So we file our taxes, and we make sure that if people are going in for, let's say, a driver's license or any other thing that is very essential, they show their tax certificate to show that they have actually paid tax. So the measures are there. We need compliance of the measures. And in every country, we have rational human beings. People would not want to make pay taxes if there's nothing pushing them to pay the taxes. So you need to make sure, even in the UK, in the US, that we see a lot of people paying taxes. We, they, they ensure that they enforce their tax rules. So it's, it's very important that as we are asking people to pay property taxes, as we are asking people to file their, um, their taxes, we back them with some measures to ensure enforcement. Mm. So, is, there, is there anything specifically extra that you think is missing that ought to be giving priority attention at this time by the government and what is what are your expectations of the 
governed to the citizens what what can we also do right so everything about tax payment for instance is um, um, a, a matter of changing the mindset of people and um, people need to understand that to be able to get the um, the benefits that they need to get the good roads the good hospitals etc we need to be able to mobilize taxes in the country to be able to do that we are here fighting against borrowing externally and we are the same people who also don't want to be paying taxes mm. so how is government going to be able to get some revenue to undertake its um, obligations in the country that said I think that we should also be, as citizens, we should also be able to see what these taxes are doing for us. If you go to the UK, if you go to all the other Western countries, the reason why people are eager to pay taxes is that they see what these taxes do for them. So if we are paying taxes and we are not seeing what the taxes are doing for us, then it would be difficult for you to get people on board. if. But the whole reason why people are kicking against some of the tax initiatives that have been introduced by the government is because, I, I think, is because they are not seeing what the taxes are doing for them. So if we begin to see what these taxes are doing for us, then we will get people on board to pay taxes, in addition to trying to enforce the tax rules as well. Mm. Now, one of the things you asked, what was I expecting to see here? And um, I, I, I think I said earlier on this week that I was expecting to see that um, we will do something about the flagship programs. And like Honorable Setepe was saying, and like um, Dr. Stephen Amwa has already said, and I said as well, that if you look at how much of our revenue goes into um, payments that we really can't do anything about, it's those payments are virtually taking everything off and so if you talk about discretionary spending you are going to be looking at spending on goods and services and then on um, capital expenditure of which i think in my estimation vshs would fall under that why should we have people who can afford to pay get free education for, for i mean get free education you have people going to private schools where they are paying huge sums of, um, of, of money. Um, and those monies are not are nowhere compared to how much they'll be paying in the secondary schools. Yet, when they get to the secondary schools, we want to, we, we want to give them education for free. I think we should take a look at that. Um, basic education is virtually free in Ghana. And if you look at our tertiary education, it's subsidized hugely. And so if you are adding free education for all, that makes it even more serious for us. And as a country that we are not really generating enough revenue to take care of our obligations, why do we add all of this to our, our burdens, our current burdens? Mm. Now, um, I'm not saying here that free education is not good. It is good, but there are people who can pay for it. We can do proper targeting. I think as a country, we have to stop this wholesale policies that we roll on if we want to be able to support the nation. Mm. We do proper targeting, give benefits to those who require those benefits. Mm. So one of the things that I was quite disappointed in was the fact that I didn't see any, any talk or I didn't hear any talk about and the free SHS policy and a review, not a complete eradication, but a review of the free SHS policy. All right. Uh, thank you so very much. Um, 
Ejapoma Jekedako, Senior Lecturer and Economist at the University of Ghana Business School, uh, for joining us this morning on News File. Uh, now, let's uh, get uh, uh, Guta's uh, final uh, views on this. Um, from where you sit, I can imagine I've been speaking to some of your members uh, privately, and I, I can imagine that you are taking quite a toll. This, this uh, situation is, is a lot for you. Like you say, you are overstressed. Um, but what else do you suggest is required to make a significant impact? I'm asking, are there any other extra measures that you will suggest um, listening to your members that will bring a significant you know, impact in uh, the recovery process? Yeah, um, Sam, uh, Samson, are you talking to me? Yes, please. Yeah, Th thank you very much. Um, I, I think um, we have to, what we have to do as a nation is to all come together. Because for us, we have um, taken a lot of the, the chunk of the burden. And that's why we seek um, the uh, tax, exam, uh, tax expansion, that um, we expand the tax net. For us, the trading community, if this is not done, what it means is that all the revenue that government seeks will come and compile on um, importation, whilst uh, um, many other people are left off the hook. That's why we're talking about the e-commerce and other strategies. So for anything that will ensure that the tax um, net is expanded, and then um, policies like the tax exemption scheme also um, revised, um, it will mean that we are going to be pressured. We are also doing a, in a bit as a, a, a group to make sure that we also minimize importation. Though importation is also very um, important because we can only outsource only 10% of import requirements in the country. But then we are doing um, um, what we can to also boost uh, exports of uh, local produce goods into the import destinations so that whatever thing, because we are. Um, Importation shouldn't be one way, and that we should try to um, um, also export goods to our import destinations so that we can use the proceeds to bring the goods. Um, having said that, that and we have also committed our role, let's also think about what drives the, uh, the demand surge of the forest. Because we, we've been getting the... Um, um, uh, uh, we, we've been getting uh, surplus in balance of trade for the past three years. And so the city should have been strengthened by now. And so if um, exports overshadow that of uh, imports, then there are other factors that works against um, the depreciation of the city than importation only. And these factors are the ones that I always say that overdominance of foreign uh, foreigners in the economy who repatriate all these funds outside. Mm -hmm. Let's also look at the other areas like uh, payment of school fees abroad, um, taking um, health care 
um, people going to source healthcare abroad and all that. What are we going to do to make sure that we improve our, our healthcare delivery in the uh, country so that these few sums of money that goes off the shores can also. So we do all these things in a manner that it will uh, help um, the business community to also uh, uh, make life meaningful uh, for themselves. Um, we also see that the government revised on the investment loss so that uh, we can have um, a retention um, policy. That is very, very important that we do. You know, um, Samuel, that uh, Samson, the, the total importation that comes into this country, the energy. Uh, your, your mic just your mic just went off. Um, the energy have only fifteen percent of the imports in this country. They were um, uh, for just five percent of them, but they do the bulk of importation of about eighty-five percent. Mm. So, that, uh, we are. We are able um, to make sure that the commanding height of the economy comes to the hands of the indigents. That's right. the only sure way that mm. we can retain um, the forest and uh, to help us. I'm okay. sorry the lines is cutting. People are calling through my line. All right. For, for All right. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us and also sharing your views uh, from the perspective of the Association of Traders in Ghana. And that is uh, Joseph Obing, the national uh, president. Thank you so very much. Uh, let me go to uh, Dr. Stephen Amwa now. Um, <clears throat> what assurance can government give people that these measures will in fact be implemented who is going to monitor to ensure <clears throat> that the pay cuts are happening among um, uh, other things um thank you very much but i think you remember you said i had margin of time to respond to some of the comments my boss uh mr tope respectfully made so I think you should allow me that space. Thank you very much. Um, Samson, before then too, you asked a very good question and it was answered by Dr. Joseph Obin. I think there's also this issue that is very wrong. In my opinion, I could be wrong. And because doctor and my sister are here, uh, they can also probably analyze and advise me if I'm wrong. One of the most fundamental anomalies disturbing us as a country which cuts across is the fact that all successive government many a time borrow on our domestic market at a higher interest rate than even the private sector this is destroying the guta and whatever agi and investment i haven't seen any country anyway at least not a developed economies that t-bills can give returns higher than risky assets from the private sector. So it's one of the areas we should also look at. And it's making all the financial economic models uh, sharp to 1965. I think Ross, 70s, the 90s, uh, Dermin and Lien, sorry, uh, is it Hanan and Lien, and then Dermin 2015. All these models, they are not good pointers applicable in our market, on our market or in Ghana. 
So one of the areas destroying us is the fact that governments go on our domestic market at a higher interest rate than the private sector. It's not done anywhere. It's not done anywhere. So we should also look at that. Mm. But going back to what my, I would say my boss, because he is higher than me, and I have to accord him that respect. I think the parameters I stated, my boss cannot tell me that GDP wasn't somewhere around 3.2, 3.4 when they left power. It is a fact. Three bills for the same period, say 90 days or 300, was around 22, even if he's saying 16.5. It has been proved now. It's a fact. Policy rate was 25.5. So what I'm saying is that the only thing they talk about and agree is the debt to GDP. But even that one, respectfully, he knows that our GDP has been impaired because of the impaired productivity, which is not the fault of the government. I don't think if NDC had been in power, they could have done anything better. It's, it's a global situation. Now, UK, they've increased their policy rate by 0.75. It's very huge on their market. You were 0.5. So let us appreciate these things in the context I am talking about. It is a fact. Look, talking about COVID, before I'll end this and go to your, your question about COVID, I am not a legal practitioner, but the BFM Act 2016, Act 921, Section 18, state three areas that as a country upon consultation, even our fiscal rules and policies, we should suspend them. Mm. One, when there is war. Two, when there is natural disaster. Three, when there is health epidemic. And yet people want to go into COVID, I mean, crucify this government, procurement was not followed, uh, 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 parliamentary whatever was not followed, when even the laws, the laws moderating how we should spend in times such as as for suspension. So what I'm trying to say is that if we all want to go ahead and change things we think there are structural defects in our economy, let us do this holistically, especially some of us that are in these fields. It's mm. very, very, very important. And the condition you are saying and the NDC, the crisis, you can never compare that to today. I don't think we had a situation where hotels, restaurants, market where asked not to even come out of and stay home to impair productivity they are different and even if we consider debt alone and not the gdp now the year 2000 we had debt to gdp 145.8 percent don't let us talk as if this is unprecedented issue in our country okay so so let's let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about implementation yes and the reason i raised the reason i raised that question the reason i raised that question is because is because some of these measures are not new some have been announced as far back as 2018 as i mentioned like the travel ban we had in 2017 and later in 2018 and it doesn't appear nothing has happened that's why we are back to it so how Samson, can you assure is, the public that this Samson, will happen something that is palpable force i was the ceo of maslow when those pronouncements were made or communicate was sent it actually stopped some of us we had international travels we said to the presidency before this god that we are all seven and they did not approve so sometimes some of the implementation implementations are not made known to the other external stakeholders as a result of probably asymmetric information management. 
However, they have not had a required or expected impact on us. That one I agree with you. But just as Doctor said, and I'm sure Honorable Setope and myself and you yourself, in the interest of the country or the state, we are all pushing. We are begging the relevant stakeholders and authorities who have what it takes, the, 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 uh, the exclusive right and prerogative in implementing these things to ensure that they shouldn't just be left services and try to implement them to the core. Mm. and still look at other areas they can cut. Mm. Because I still think there are areas right. that we have wastage or okay. waste. All right. So government mm. should let us, and also government should also provide an interface for the media, for the, some, the CSOs, I mean doctors and co, all of them, to have the chance to monitor and check there should be a tracking system whether right. these things are being implemented. Okay, I think thank it's, you. It's really important. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Stephen Amois, MP Shaiso, and member finance committee uh, of parliament. Uh, Mr. Setekwe, uh, you have just some two minutes uh, to give us your very uh, final points of view. Very much something. Um, let me draw attention to two things. Uh, first of all, and we've been discussing revenue expenditure, the deficit debt. One of the issues which is confronting us is how do we finance the deficit? We do not have access to the external markets. Uh, in fact, the reason Bank of Ghana had to come in with a bailout in 2020, the reason we were not able to go to the market again for the two billion additional money last year is because the markets are closing to Ghana. And that's the reason we did. We had to give up about 150 million US dollars out of 550 to get 350 million for the, um, uh, for the zero coupon bond. As we speak, we are being told that some 2 billion term sheet is ready. But you are looking at financing 45 billion Ghana cities. That's before you make adjustments for areas. That's two billion is just about, you know, 14 billion or so if you take it as seven, you know, uh, seven cities to the dollar. So one of the issues we are not addressing adequately is how are we going to finance the budget, which is heavily laden. Mm. And I think I was disappointed a bit that, you know, we didn't go more into this and particularly the effects on domestic borrowing, you know, as, as I pointed out. Uh, the second point is, I think the lesson coming out of this, you know, post-COVID is, and by the way, I think, uh, I don't want to go into that banter because it, it just distracts, but this is the only government that had 5 billion US dollars to tackle a crisis. 5 billion US dollars in one year to tackle a crisis. And one year after, we are still talking and blaming those crises. It's the highest in Africa, you know, from Bank of Ghana to IMF. And that is net of the SDR 1 billion that we got. So you're talking about close to 6 billion. And we're still on this From your position of advantage, um, are you able to tell us that this 5 billion coming from the IMF, from the World Bank, uh, were from actually. Bank of Ghana and others. Yes, were yes. actually used in. Uh, tackling uh, COVID-19, how? If they were, okay, the quick answer to that is, if they were used to tackle COVID expenditure, and if COVID was the only reason we are having the problem now, 
is more than sufficient. So I'll resolve the Okay. Crisis. All right. Um, Mr. Sasekwe, thank um, you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you and very then my, much. My, just two quick points, please. Um, property tax, we need an explanation. Property tax goes to the MNDs who are already facing a capping, you know, of their district assemblies common fund. Yes, and in the budget in the budget 2022, the direction was actually the directive was to them to ensure that this was. But there's no law. There's no law backing it. Right? That's my point. All right. Because mm. it is a prerogative and it's similar to you know the the, the, the point that was made that we're going to you know, alleviate Kaya and others, you know, right. those laws are mm. the, you are a lawyer, you know I, what I'm, I mean? This is the I'm, same I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, but we have to end it here. Uh, thank you for your time. You uh, Madam Ejapoma, I give the one minute that uh, to you to to tell us that missing point. Okay, so, so thank you. I just wanted to um, say something about what um, Dr. Amwa said regarding the Bank of Ghana, Ghana's interest rates, um, um, NPR hike. Um, I just want to say that they had a responsibility to stabilize the, um, our city and um, increasing the monetary policy rates was a way to do that. So even though this is going to be increasing the, um, the cost of um, doing business in Ghana, Exchange rate fluctuations also affect the cost of doing business. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Ghana. And therefore, um, as an import-dependent country, we needed to ensure that this was resolved. And so increasing the monetary policy rates was just the way to go. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Once again. Thank you all. No, just once again. Uh, that's, that's where we end the discussion. Oh, no, Samson, just once again. And uh, I'll just take oh. one or two messages from uh, viewers, and then we proceed to our next discussion. Uh, this from Frank Anderson. And he says, uh, the annoying thing about this government is their lack of humility to accept when they are wrong. You make so much lofty promises, raise revenue, borrow billions, spend unproductively without putting any away for a rainy day, and you want us to clap for you in such deep crisis. The president is still appointing people, sometimes with more than three deputies, cut down size of government by 50 Percent. Well, Dr. Indum said that we could run this country, was it with 20 ministers or so? Uh, there are some like the Imani who believe that this is possible. And this one says, ask uh, Stephen Amoa um, how they went to Peduasi and how much they spent. Could they have gone in a bus, Zoom? Is that how you promote austerity? 
we need to get serious. Uh, this one from uh, Yakubu Ibn Chambas. He says, when a government shows signs of consolidation and compromise in an economic crisis, then the hope of economic recovery is at hand. It is prudent that the government has identified some crippling and inefficient sectors of the economy, i.e. discretionary expenditures, and has cut them off. There is an alternative solution to every economic downturn. The government must quickly cease using total uh, revenue of the country to settle arrears and expenses. As for the currency fluctuation, it is a financial management issue that transcends the control of a current government and requires all technical hands on deck. I'm confident that the economy will bounce back in bounds. Thank you. Uh, Mohammed Ibn Chambas sent in that one. Uh, I return and share a few more of your messages with you, and then we get into asking the question. The NPP in its uh, internal elections, at this very critical time that the MPs are needed in Parliament, they are unable to show up in Parliament, and part of the reason we gather is because they need to check and influence the internal elections. That's why they've not been able to make a quorum for a long time, and the NDC continues to raise the issue of quorum, and nothing works, uh, no decision is taking in Parliament. The internal elections have gotten bloody, and MPs, MP hopefuls, and presidential hopefuls are alleged to have hijacked the process, monetized it. What's the way forward? What are the facts? We'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.